What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Free Country. I hope you are off to a great start this week. I am drinking the worst drink I've ever had in my entire life at the moment. It is a Beach Breeze Summer Edition of Red Bull. Um, if you guys have followed me for a while, you know I've lost a lot of weight in the last year. You know, a year ago, I was about 50 pounds more than I am now. And I don't drink a lot of sugary drinks, or I try not to, but I was just feeling kind of tired today. So I got myself a Red Bull, not proud of it, but this drink is disgusting. If you ever see a summer edition Beach Breeze Red Bull, I think a better name for this flavor would be uh, Chemical Coconut or Pina Pina Chloroform, um, you might call it. It's bad, but I am feeling a little bit hyped up. Thanks to my... uh, my Pina Chloroform Red Bull. Um, guys, I, I had a really nice weekend this weekend. I went to a place called Clater Lake out in the western part of Virginia with a bunch of friends and, I don't know, got out on the water, jumped off a dock. Uh, it was fun. It was very fun to kind of get out there with friends. I was a little bit like, I, I felt like, oh no, I have more to do in setting up the channel. This week I got a new camera. I got new microphones. I hope it sounds nice because we are really, really, really upgrading some of our equipment here. I always say we. I think I say we when I talk about this podcast to make it feel more like a legitimate business or something. Like it's not just me. But honestly, maybe I say we because of the patrons and because of the generosity on Patreon. And like we are in this together. We are building this kind of country music media thing together uh, thanks uh, to the generosity of a lot of people and just people's input and people's care really so maybe that's why I say we maybe it's not that I'm just so self-centered but like I've been setting up all this new equipment and heading into the weekend I was like you know it's one of my roommate's birthday weekends and it's his family's house and so we headed out there and I was like I don't have time for this I need to just work. I need to hustle. I need to focus. I need to keep getting videos out. I have this goal to get three videos out a week, and I've only been able to get two these last two weeks, and I want to just like hustle, 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 but honestly, it was so good to take a break. It was incredibly energizing, and it just reminded me like, dude, you are working hard, but you can't become an asshole. You need to remember that other people exist. Other people matter. Your friends matter. Your roommate matters, and... And you just got to like chill out for a second. Everyone has their own problems. The whole world is not a tiny, tawdry theater revolving around you. And so it was honestly like really awesome to just like press pause, get some clarity, realize there's more happening than just Grady trying to build a podcast and YouTube channel. And and just to like take a step back and have some like real positive reflection on the fact that man, we're building something freaking cool here. And it is super fun. I got to ride down there with another one of my roommates. We listened to old country music, all the stuff that he listened to when he was in middle school. So we were playing some Daryl Worley. We were playing some Shadaisy and just having a good time. A lot of laughs, um, a lot of swimming, maybe skinny dipping. I don't know. Um, (laughs) but it was a, it was just a really, really nice weekend and, and good to just just stop for a second. You know, the podcast, I'm, I'm, I think people really are enjoying. I hope they're enjoying. I got a little emo. A lot of you guys give me feedback sometimes. Like you're so hard on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. What you're doing is good. And I appreciate that y'all. I do. I'm just trying to, I want to make sure I keep it fun. 
I, I, I'm here to entertain as much as I am to discuss. And some people are like, Grady, you're too hard on yourself. Grady, uh, you know, you need to talk more about the music. Not many people say that, actually. Everyone's been, like, super open to me discussing how I'm feeling. But I want to keep it focused on the music. And obviously, shades of how I'm doing are going to come through in that. And look, it's my first try. It's my first try at this whole being an internet personality thing. And so... I think a lot of this year has just been me adjusting to suddenly having a lot more voices weighing in on my life than I'm used to. And and that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And I'm getting better at it and I'm getting a thicker skin and I am enjoying it more and more the more that I do it and the more that I realize I can be open and you guys are open to me being open. So I'm just figuring this out as I go. But it was super awesome this weekend to just kind of get to be able to reflect on that a little bit um, and to just get some sun and I don't know, just connect, just connect with myself and with my friends a little bit more. That was awesome. And just to get a lot of sleep and to get some rest and somehow, you, you know, when you get rest and you're even more tired and you end up drinking a horrible Red Bull, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> um, I actually did shoot a video while I was out at the lake. I can't wait for you guys to see it. I think it's going to be so fun. We're going to call it Hot Takes and it's with one of my best friends here in town named Hugh whose name like, you know, creates all kinds of miscommunications. I'm like, Oh, I went with, I went with Hugh to Chipotle and my friends will be like, no, I, no, you didn't. I didn't go with you to Chipotle. I went with Hugh. Anyway, I call him hot take Hugh cause he loves a hot take and we shot a video together and it's, it's going to be good. I asked on Twitter and Instagram for some hot takes, some grand overstatements and some, um, you know, of your most controversial opinions and people provided them in mass and we kind of went over some of the more common ones. And I'm excited for people to see that video. And uh, I like Hugh because I think he's like, uh, I talked about him. We were driving back today and I was telling him, I'm really drawn at this stage of my life right now to people that I call windshield people. And I think like, I heard someone say once that you can't drive just looking in your rearview mirror. Your windshield should be bigger than your rearview mirror. And I think like maybe because Charlottesville is such an intellectual town, I'm a little bit of an intellectual person. I've tended in the last few years to obsess over my rearview mirror, to be like, who was I? Why am I the way that I am? Where did all my problems come from? And, and just kind of look and mind my past. And I think that's important. I think I didn't know how to do that before I lived here, before I got to my late 20s. And I was finding myself really at odds with myself and how I was feeling. And I needed to kind of unpack some stuff. At the same time, I'm really drawn to people right now that encourage the hustle, that want me to look through my windshield and say, where are you going, man? Let's dream a little bit. And, and that, you know, are encouragers and care about my future and care about my goals and I care about their goals. And I'm, I'm right now in life, I'm a, I'm a windshield person. And I think Hugh is a windshield person too. And so it was just fun to, to get that time with him and to record a video. And I think you guys will really like him. And he knows his stuff when it comes to country music. So he's kind of my go-to person in town when I got something to talk about. So maybe we'll have him on the podcast one day. We will see. Uh, I want to say thanks for the feedback on last week's podcast. It was the first filmed one. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't sound like I really changed how I talked, which I was concerned about. And you guys were really encouraging that. No, you sounded pretty normal, dude. You sounded how you always do. And that's good. That's what I wanted. And I appreciate just a lot of the messages. I mean, Two different people this week reached out and and 
showed me songs that they'd written kind of in part inspired by things that I'd said. And that was really meaningful to me. You guys know who you are. And yeah, just some of the messages you guys send are so, so kind. I'm going to spend some time this afternoon after filming and recording this to just respond to some of the messages from the past couple of weeks that I've gotten. If you're wondering the best way to get in touch, honestly, it's probably not through DMs. I am active in my DMs when I can be, but it's probably go to my website. There's a little contact. Um, there's a little contact form. That's probably the best way that goes right to my email. And I can actually filter the ones that, that come through and make sure I'm able to get to the things that are asking for a response. At least that's how it's working right now. Even that's getting a little overwhelming, but DMs like they don't stay there after like a month. If I haven't responded, they go away and yeah. And there's just a lot of them (laughs) and 90% of them are just like, listen to this song. So anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there, but thank you guys for all the the kind words that you have been saying and sharing about the podcast. And I am going to keep posting it on YouTube. A few people said, you know, it felt more special. It feels more special. The idea that the podcast is just on like audio And I get that, but the reality is I quit my job like two months ago and I'm trying to build this into a brand and I have a big YouTube audience and it would be dumb to not at least be interfacing with them, inviting them in to the podcast. Now, how I think it's going to work, this is just kind of a maintenance thing, is audio will like for the for the audio version of the podcast, I think that's where I'll still be able to put music clips in. But for YouTube... I'm not going to be putting any of the music clips in just because uh, it's so prone to get claimed by content ID, even though what I think I'm doing is fair use and I would argue that it is legally allowed. YouTube system is a little bit different than that and uh, I just don't want to risk it. I don't want to piss people off and we'll see. Maybe even the audio version, that will be a problem one day, but right now it's not and so I'll still put the little audio (laughs) clips into the podcast until someone tells me not to. And yeah, I think that'll be just kind of the setup and then it works. I don't have to edit the video version. It'll just be the live feed of me talking. Okay. I think that is like all maintenance and hellos and windshield being a windshield person versus a rear view mirror person. And I think that's all I wanted to say to start us off. So let's get into talking about country music because real talk, being a country music fan is just so fun right now. It, I mean, it is really, really, really fun right now to be a country music fan. And I, I in some ways, I was telling someone this weekend, I kind of feel like the last seven years of me thinking about country music, of me writing about country music, has been leading up to this fall. Like, all the things I've wanted, which is essentially for country music to remember what makes it special... And for it to remember, like, you have certain instruments and certain sounds and certain storytelling techniques that make you what you are and that make this genre interesting and different. And why are we erasing all of them just to sound like pop music? I mean, I've written that piece a million times and then I've made that video a bunch of times as well. And people, it's always a resonant theme. But it's so weird to have gone from almost this sort of bitter feeling to a excited feeling about everything that's kind of happening in the mainstream right now the guys that are cool in country music right now the people that like all the dudes on youtube and there's girls my audience is mainly male on youtube that that everyone is messaging me about it's like midland and john party and 
uh, Luke Combs and Riley Green. Those are kind of the four main acts that I would say really, really, really people comment about. And maybe Morgan Wallen. Those are those are all like the young guys that people are pumped about. And they're all in this kind of like 90s-ish sound. There is pedal steel in their music. There aren't a lot of programmed drums. There's a lot of just sort of life and verve. And it's fun to be a fan of them and to actually hear the sound of country music come back around from this kind of Sam Huntish, like overly smooth playa pop country sound that we've been in. Like, I, I'm not saying Riley Green or, uh, or like Luke Combs are necessarily these paragons of traditionalism. No, and I don't want them to be even. But I do think that they are like so much better than what we've had. Do you know what I mean? I think you got to choose your battles. And right now, it is a time to not be fighting. It's a time to be happy because this music's good. It's good. You know, it's good. I just think like it's so exciting. So we got we got all those guys like that I just named. Like Midland drops an album this week. Can't wait for it. I can't wait for Midland's album. We're not going to talk about their new song, uh, Fast Cars and Slow Towns, today. great every single pre-release track of the five they've put out has been great after that we're gonna get i think uh john party's album thus far he is four for four on his songs as well tequila little time that's the new song that he put out this week and it is great as well you're too pretty not to wear a smile hope you don't mind if i sit down for I mean, he is just really leaning into this Bakersfield sound, and it is wildly enjoyable. I love the horns. I love the dance vibe. I love that he has so much fiddle going on on this record. I mean, John Party's voice is not, I think, anything especially impressive as much as it is distinct. It's got a kind of nasally sound to it, but it is very distinct, and I think that's almost worth more than it being really good. It's so recognizable, but... Man, everything he's put out from this album so far has made me so excited. So, so excited. So after John Party, then I think we got Riley Green. We've talked about I Wish Grandpa's Never Died, and we've talked about Riley Green a good amount, like all last week, basically. And and thanks, you guys, for telling me that I did the, that, you know, a lot of you guys are super encouraging the comments. Like, Grady, you did the right thing going out to see Riley Green. I talked last week on the episode about how... I went to interview him, and it all kind of fell apart. And some of you guys were just so encouraging. Like, dude... This is what you should be doing. You should be hustling. And you you were encouraging me to be a windshield person. And I appreciate that. You know? Thank you. That did cheer me up. Uh, but Riley Green, I Wish Grandpa's Never Died. That's a nice song. It's a little bit derivative of a song. And you will hear that in the hot take video. But uh, I'm excited for his album. I think the production on it is pretty stellar thus far of everything I've heard. And then after we got Riley Green, we got the big heavy hitter. We got Luke Combs. We got Luke Combs with a new record in November, and I think everything on his prequel EP is excellent, and I think maybe Luke Combs is the only person that can stop Luke Combs on the charts, even though Tyler Childers did it this week, and we'll talk about that in just a second. All I'm saying is it's really, really fun to be a country music fan right now, and if you can't find something to really like in the mainstream, 
I don't know that you're really trying to be happy as a country music fan. That's just how I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, oh, this stuff's so bad. So bad. But I was thirsty. I should have brought a water over here. <laughs> okay. Tyler Childers. The number one album in the country with Country Squire. Long before we ever met, I made up my direction. Long before I knew the half of half I'm sure of now. He just debuted in first place on the Billboard Country Albums chart. And this is a week after Luke Combs with his album, This One's For You, just broke the record for most weeks at number one at 44 weeks with his album. But, I mean, that record is impressive, and it's like, oh, he was able to take down Luke Combs. It's also It also means the field was pretty weak right now because Luke Combs, you know, has been able to be number one for 44 weeks. It means that just as much as it means that Luke has a really powerhouse album. But Tyler Childers with Country Squire had an awesome debut sales week, sold about 32000 albums they weren't all sales some of that comes from streaming equivalent albums but about 32,000 units were moved and that is freaking awesome when you consider that someone like Justin Moore they just had a number one single and is like a well-tenured country radio artist his album sold like around like 22,000 copies in its first week so for Tyler Childers to do maybe about 50% more than that in his first week on no radio play just on sort of clout among country fans and people on the internet it's so awesome and it's so encouraging i even tweeted about this a little bit this week that we we really idolize country radio and that matters country radio is very important and a lot of you guys that listen to this podcast are working in radio and so i've really softened my stance i think in the last few years i used to just kind of blindly hate on country radio but i think that's ungenerous and in some ways it's too easy of a scapegoat when really Often radio is just responding to the market, but I do think country music does rely too much on country radio and doesn't always have enough imagination for other ways to make it, other ways to establish your audience, other ways to do A&R. It doesn't just have to be radio. And I think it's always cool when we see a number one country album that doesn't have big radio hits on it because it re- it's a way of kind of detecting the market likes this kind of music, whether or not the evidence is there on radio. Because a lot of times the argument from labels is like, well, you got to do stuff. You got to do things through radio. You have people like Gary Overton saying, if you're not on country radio, you don't exist. And then the very next week, Aaron Watson getting a number one country album. And it's like, well, he's not on radio or at the time he wasn't. And he definitely exists. Same was true with Pistol Annie's last year. Same is true whenever Aaron Lewis drops a record. Uh, Same is true. Even Jesse James Decker who is like a reality star, or even Casey Musgraves, who who barely gets any radio play, even if she's winning album of the year at the Grammys. It's cool when you see people able to figure out how to have a big radio, or how to have a big selling album without radio. There's other ways to develop your audience. And with Tyler, man, it's just pure passion that's driving him. I mean, now he's certainly got a more developed kind of vibe and the Sturgill kind of coordination of him as this cool outlaw has not hurt. Joe Rogan posting about him and saying that Country Squire was amazing does not hurt. He's got this kind of, uh, uh, I, I don't know, this like, r- r- how would I describe it? It's like the male podcast 
nation <laughs> of of kind of like cool alt dudes love Tyler Childers. I don't know how you would describe that strategy. It's kind of outlaw, I guess, because it's so non-traditional media. But that's really who is driving his fan base. And Country Squire is a really good album. That also helps, you know. Let's not forget the music in this whole discussion. Country Squire is a really good album. All Yorn is a great song. House Fire is a great song. And those are the kind of two big pre-release tracks. They got a lot of attention. And I really do think this is going to be kind of his star-making album. Now he's got the high and tight haircut, and he's ready for the big leagues, you know? So I think uh, it's just cool. It made me really excited to see Tyler Childers be at number one on the album chart. And it made me laugh that even uh, All Yorin, it wasn't, it, I think it made the Hot Country Songs chart this year, this week. It was like number 46. And on the Billboard, on the Billboard uh, page, it didn't even have an album cover for it. That made me laugh kind of hard. Made me feel like, oh, this is really is a surprise for a lot of people in the industry. So I thought that was cool to see, and I'm sure we're all excited about it. Go, Tyler. Go, Tyler. Um, although, guys, can you watch that All Yorn video where he's, like, drugging out? It hurts my head. I honestly can't watch that video. It, like, l- literally just gives me a headache. So I've only watched it once all the way through, and I was like, ugh, too much bendy motion for me. For me. That's how I felt watching uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as well. I can't do it. It makes me feel sick. Anytime in life I ever get dizzy, I, I hate it. Like when I, the few times I've drank enough to get to a point of dizziness, that's that's very rough. Oh, speaking of drinking, speaking of, oh, what I was going to say is, gosh, I got to stop interrupting myself. The few times I've drank enough in life to get dizzy, I will not touch alcohol for weeks at a time. Um, now, speaking of drinking too much, I'm going to go off camera for one second. We got Justin Moore's label sent me these late nights and long necks Nashville IPA big machine beers. I mean, it's sort of ridiculous. But if ever there were promo that makes sense for an album, it is Justin Moore having his own. I don't think it should be an IPA personally. I think it should be like a golden ale or something really generic. Uh, Nashville IPA does not feel in the spirit of Justin Moore's Late Nights and Long Necks, but having a beer for an album almost exclusively about alcohol, and we discussed that a few weeks ago when I was saying, I think Justin Moore needs a counselor. Uh, this is this makes sense as promo. It makes sense as promo, and I bet it tastes better than this, this horrible coconut chemical drink that I'm drinking now, but it's okay. We gotta move on. I gotta get over it. It is giving me energy, so thank you. I got to have some gratitude for it. Uh, Another guy that is kind of in the outlaw scene, Tyler Childers. (laughs) Nope. Like Tyler Childers is Cody Jinx. Cody Jinx, you know, I love Cody. I actually was inspired to listen to Cody Jinx by The Rock. And The Rock always would post about him. And The Rock has good country taste. You know, we got The Rock supporting Cody Jinx. And who is it? Is it like John Cena? No, it's... um, who is it supporting? Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa loves Coulter Wall, which I find really amusing. I think that band Gone West should try and get Jason Momoa on their side too because they got a Hawaiian in the band. And so Jason Momoa, maybe that, maybe that would be a good promotional tool for Gone West. That's Colby Calais' band. They should try that. But I found out about Cody Jinx from The Rock because The Rock has like old school country taste. And I'm trying, I would lo- look, a dream interview for me is The Rock. 
because he actually has a ranch up here in Virginia. And so I would love to talk country music with him. But I, uh, I found out about Cody Jinks from him a few years ago. He actually tweeted at me where I was like, I might actually check out Cody Jinks thanks to The Rock. And he was like, do it, brother, and listen to Cast No Stones. So I did. And I've honestly been hooked ever since then uh, because I liked what I heard. Although I would like something if The Rock told me to. I feel like he's going to be our future president. And so I should just get in the habit of listening. But I actually liked what I heard. And I've been listening to Cody Jinks ever since. And I really got on board with... I'm Not the Devil, and then the first album that I really was participating in at the same time as the rest of the public was Lifers. That was his album that came out last year. It made my top 10 albums of 2018 list, and I really thought a few of the songs were amazing on it. I wish something like Colorado had gotten a single push. I I think Headcase from that album is one of my very favorite songs from the past decade, to be honest. It really captures his kind of artistic craziness. It's been a long time since I sit down and had a cry It's sometimes overwhelming And I can't tell you why But I remember Jackson singing Doctor, doctor, please, my eyes And Cody announced that he is putting out a new album this fall And it's not in the kind of mainstream vein As the guys I was saying before Like Riley and Luke Combs but he's putting out this album called After the Fire. And the, t- the cover of this is super interesting. You should look up the cover of this album because it's like a, an old campfire. And then from the ground, there seems to be a log that is sticking up its middle finger. And uh, maybe this is a big FU to Nashville because Cody released his last album through Rounder Records. That's where like Rustin Kelly and Caroline Spence and I'm With Her all those bands, all those acts rather, are signed to Rounder Records. And that's who released Lifers. And Lifers wasn't really a, like, it wasn't a breakout moment for Cody, I would say. I, I didn't see any, like, significant new coverage of him. He didn't become this sort of transcendent Tyler Childers type figure. He certainly didn't get played on mainstream country radio. And so he's going at this album alone. They've not announced any bad blood between Cody and any of these Nashville people, but. You know, he's releasing this album independently and it's got a big middle finger log thing on the cover. I also think if you look at this album long enough, you start to maybe see that this also, instead of just being a middle finger, could be a a man walking away, some sort of log man that, that is like a primitive stick figure that it's kind of walking away. And so maybe it's symbolic of him walking away from Nashville and doing his own thing, his own way. But I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped for Cody Jinks. I really think like what Cody Jinks might need, not that I'm an A&R executive, but I'm also not in Nashville, so maybe he's not flicking me off. I think he just needs some like good promo photos and a, a style. Right now, I know him as a guy with a big beard. And honestly, there's a lot of those. You see a lot, a lot of people send you someone from Texas. They're like, check out this guy. And it's like, okay, this guy has a really big beard (laughs) and a really dark brown big beard and I say this as a bearded man no shade to the beards it's impressive good upkeep guys but it helps to have something that's a little more recognizable for people you know Morgan Wallen the smartest thing he ever did was cut his hair into a mullet the smartest thing Eric Church ever did was keep his aviators on Luke Combs has his Columbia fishing shirt Everyone's got kind of a thing, and it's a little bit gimmicky, but it's helpful. 
And I guess it just depends what your desire is. Maybe Cody Jinx doesn't want to go to the next level, but you know, every artist does, I would say. There's very few artists that don't actually want to get to the next level. And I think Cody could use some really good visuals and something like a lot more distinct about how he looks. Because one of the hard things in, in trying to support Texas artists, and, and I'm doing that on my podcast as best as I can, is there's often not a lot of visuals. Sometimes like I have a song I really want to do, but there's not one live performance of it on YouTube. There's not one good photo of the band. And I'm really thankful for the, the few channels that are out there, stuff like Texas Music Scene, that gets good usable footage of these artists. And that's what I think maybe Cody, that's what I think will move the needle for Cody is just some like really maybe well-lit good pictures of him that can help sort of create a shareable identity. Cause right now it's fun for his fans to discover him live. It's fun to share his music and I freaking believe in him and I believe in his honesty. I believe so much in it, but I, He's hard to share with people. So, so that's Cody Jenks. Um, that's maybe going to be another, I would hope. We'll see. It would be cool if that were a number one record whenever it comes out as well. Uh, now, there is some new music that is very different from kind of the independent Texas scene or the Kentucky scene that Tyler Childers is coming out of. We got some new tracks this week, and I want to talk about them. And the first one I want to talk about is the least country of the bunch. Well, I don't even know about that, but it's, I mean, it's a pop song. It's by Diplo, who is a DJ. You might know him as the guy that produced stuff like M.I.A.'s Paper Planes or uh, Hold Up by Beyonce or Close to Me by Ellie Goulding. And he's like worked with Major Lazer. He's been a DJ and around for like 15 years, but he put out a song with Morgan Wallen called Heartless. But I know I'm going to let you in again and when I do it's going to hurt like hell and you don't mean to. That's what I tell myself but why you gotta be so heartless? I know you think it's heartless. You're tearing me apart and it's, it's interesting. He's putting out this record called Thomas Wesley or I don't know if that's going to be the name of the record but Diplo I guess has some grew up some in Nashville and his real name is Thomas Wesley, and so he's releasing this kind of more stripped-back version of EDM, and he's including country artists on it. He had Cam, who sang Burning House, sing a song called So Long with him earlier this year. Now he's got Morgan Wallen on this song called Heartless, and it's interesting, you know? I don't think it's bad-sounding in any way, but I don't think it's, like, that interesting of a song. The lyrics didn't do do much for me in this song. I actually pulled them up right here so I could so I could reference them. But you say you're going out late. I count down till you call me. It's just one of those things that you do when you're lonely. And you're all about the chase, but you won't ever let me catch you. And I wish I was the same. But I know I'm gonna let you win again, and when I do, I'm gonna hurt like hell, and you don't mean to. That's what I tell myself. But why you gotta be so heartless? And then you know the chorus goes from there. I think what I'll say about this song is, lyrically, I don't think there's much imagery in the song. It's a lot of describing how he's feeling. And that's not as interesting as getting images that describe how you're feeling. It's just kind of describing the emotions. And I think, like, to me, images are what make country songwriting country songwriting. So I feel like the songwriting style is a lot more pop. And again, that's not bad in and of itself. It's just not as interesting. I feel like if we're going to do a country record, let's do it country. Country. 
And uh, Morgan actually sounds good on it. One of the guys follows me, Bennett, uh, Bennett Snyder, who's a smart guy. He said that he would describe him as a raspy Adam Levine. I hear that. I think Morgan sounds okay on this. I don't think they're even pushing it to, to country radio. So that's why I'm, I feel very unthreatened by it. I think it's kind of a cool project. I like that it's a pop project using country stars and letting them spread their wings and experiment a little bit. Like that doesn't bother me. I think it's just when, I think it's just when we try to pass stuff off as this is no different than what country music always sounds like. That's when people get annoyed with the thoughtlessness of it all. But when you're making a pop project and you're working with a DJ, I don't think anyone has a problem with it. It's, you know, I just think we got to categorize stuff right. So this song just is here. I think rhythmically, the delivery is really where it shines. The whole second verse where he's going through the days of the week and you get this really cool cadence. That's really where you can feel Diplo's talent. And that is different than country. I, I, I don't know that country music is all about this sort of rhythmic cadence that this song has. So I thought that was kind of cool, actually. And I did like that part of the song, but... Eh, it's fine. I don't know. I think it's a little bit dime a dozen as far as pop songs go. Uh, now, to a song that I think is calling itself country and is kind of an atrocity, let's talk about Blake Shelton's new song, Hell Right, which features Trace Adkins. Okay. Couple girls with the boots on, got the Bluetooth on, t shirts saying go sooners. Then the girl from the small town took off the old town, put on a little hang junior. Thank God. Hell right. This song's a disaster. It's so bad. It's so bad. And I loved God's Country. I was rooting for Blake so much because he came back with this cool gothic single. Is God's Country a perfect song? No. But Blake Shelton was as edgy as, uh, I don't know, like a Fisher-Price hammer, which is to say, not edgy. He was as edgy as, uh, you know... Gary Laveau from Rascal Flatts midsection, which is to say not edgy. That's mean. That's mean. I've read too much farce the music over the years. I, I meant to... Uh, <laughs> he does the, the awkward Gary Laveau photo of the week. Anyway, I think like God's Country is... It was edgy. It was interesting. It was different. He was putting out some kind of like dark gothic sound and I just was impressed that he was taking a chance. But then we go to hell right, and I suppose it's taking a chance um, in its own right, but it's so bad. It sounds horrible. Uh, there's a cricket chirp in the beat, which just couldn't be more annoying. It is uh, kind of talk-wrapped all throughout it, and then the chorus is just repeating, hell right, hell right, everybody throwing down on a Friday night, hell right, hell right. And you're just like, hell right isn't even a phrase. It's hell wrong. There's the headline. There's the obvious headline. Maybe that's the name of this podcast, hell wrong. But uh, it's it's just like very juvenile. It feels like a complete revert back to this kind of stupid, cheap, boys around here kind of sound. And look, boys around here was one of his biggest songs. But this just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Blake, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Trace Adkins is basically a non-factor on the song. The most interesting part of the song definitely comes in one of the verses when they say, 
a couple girls with their boots on got their Bluetooth on. T-shirts saying Go Sooners. So there's Blake with his Oklahoma shout-out. And then a girl from the small town took off the old town, put on a little Hank Jr., thank God. So it's taking a swipe at Old Town Road. It's saying, like, uh, some small town girl took off Old Town and put on Hank Jr., and then you hear Blake say, thank God. Now, this has caused a little bit of a squabble online. Lil Nas X tweeted some article about this and said, you know, this doesn't slap like Old Town Road, which it doesn't. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I think it's pretty audacious in a song where you're basically talk rapping to kind of bash Old Town Road. But it did make me chuckle. I mean, I thought it was bold. But then Blake was like, this had nothing to do with it being Old Town Road. We were just choosing a song that was getting a lot of airplay. And I'm like, yeah, right. You don't invoke the country cred card and the small town girl putting on Hank Jr. to in the same in the same sentence that you're, you know, saying take off Old Town. It's very much intentional. Uh, what's interesting, though, is like, I don't know that it would be the girl from the small town putting on Hank I feel like it would be like the hipster that's like, this is not, it would be people like me, to be honest, that are like, Old Town Road isn't country music. <laughs> I think a lot of, I think a lot of people that maybe think too much for their own good are the people that would be turning off Old Town Road. A lot of people that just, you know, don't think about music so critically, they're happy with it. They're happy to hear Old Town Road. They don't care so much about genre distinctions, but I've said many times and I would still say, I think they are important. So, even though I agree with that line, I think hell right is hell wrong. I think it's really, really bad. Um, we've already talked about two other songs that came out this week. We talked about Midland's new one that I enjoy, and we talked about Tequila Little Time by John Party. That song's so good. I love it. But we don't need to we don't need to stay on it. The other big one that came out this week, other than Hunter Hayes' album, and I don't really pay attention to Hunter Hayes anymore. It's just been like such a long period of nothing, and then he was just gonna be a digital artist and he just, I don't know, his, he seems a little, I said this in my video that I put up on Friday, but it just seems like he's always finding himself as an artist again, but then if you're always just now finding yourself, like have, it doesn't, I just need him to turn a page, I need him to turn a page, and I think, I don't know. I just prefer to not talk about him because I feel like there's no way to, he's clearly just processing some stuff in his music and you got to process that stuff to move on in life. But I don't know, maybe it'll yield better music when he arrives on one side or the other, but I don't want to make someone feel bad for, for processing. We're all on this journey and it takes us all different times to figure stuff out. So somehow I just, I always feel weird even reviewing Hunter Hayes. I'm surprised. Honestly, he still has a big label deal unless he just has some kind of 360 deal and pulls huge numbers on touring. Um, so I know that came out, but I, I don't really have anything to say about it. I don't think the first song, Wild Blue, is very good. Uh, Miranda Lambert put out a new song from her album, Wild Card, and they released the track list, and we got Luke Dick writing songs on there. We got Natalie Hemby writing songs on there, and both of them actually are the featured co-writers on her new song, Bluebird. This thing's a jam.
Bluebird's a really, really good song. Now, when you see the title Bluebird, the first th two things I think of are the Bluebird Cafe, which is a famous songwriting cafe in Nashville, and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, somewhere Over the Rainbow, Bluebirds Fly. And I think you're actually supposed to be thinking about both of them in this song because Bluebird is a song about kind of moving forward, taking pain and turning it into art and keeping going in life. She says, if the house just keeps on winning, I've got a wild card up my sleeve. If love keeps giving me lemons, I just mix them in my drink. And if the whole wide world stops singing and all the stars go dark, I keep a light on in my soul. I keep a bluebird in my heart. I think like what that is saying is, I yeah, obviously she's had a bad year. She said 34 was a bad year. Like here's the 35. She's gotten remarried. She's in a happier place. But this song is kind of her coping with pain and with bad things that have happened to her and saying, you know, I keep a light on in my soul and a bluebird in my heart. I think that is supposed to signify hope. I also think it's supposed to say, I turn it into music. I go to the bluebird. I play my songs. So I think it's really cool. I mean, I think like, I haven't loved everything about the songs that Miranda's putting out, but they just have a certain life to them that I think is really appealing. And I'm excited to hear this album, Wild Card. Like, it just looks a little more accessible. And she's so famous that I, like, I, I kind of like when really, really famous people play the really, really famous game and have a beautiful album cover that is has like little clues in the crossword puzzle. She's holding a crossword and there's kind of little clues if you zoom way in on the picture. I like that stuff and I think kind of it makes being a music fan more fun. So it just feels like she's a little more into playing the game and the promotion game. And some people would say, no, she should just like stick to her roots and make organic stuff like the weight of these wings. But I, I think like the level of your audience should affect how you release your music. So I'm really into this song. I'm really excited to hear Miranda's new record. That's another one that I'd add to the list of blockbuster albums we're getting this fall. And I think it's just a beautiful sound. It's a nice acoustic sound. And speaking of nice acoustic sounds, the last song I want to talk about this week is, uh, you know, not country per se, not at all, but it's Taylor Swift's new song, Lover. This is by far, by far, by far, by far the best thing that Taylor has put out from her new record, Lover, which I guess comes out in like a week or two as well. This is a song that finally I feel like, and I'm talking about Taylor because I can. I think a lot of country fans actually still listen to Taylor because they found her in country music. And whether you like her or not, she's one of the most influential people within country music, certainly in our lifetime and within all of music. And it is cool to see a real songwriter, like a real songwriter that knows how to write a hook, that knows how to write a cool lyric, that likes wordplay, be such a, such a revered success. But she put out the song Lover, and it is exciting to me because it sounds awesome. A lot of people have compared it to Mazzy Star. I would compare it maybe to The Smiths. Please let me get what I want. Some people have said it sounds like Sheryl Crow, but it has Taylor kind of dropping this whole pop diva 
like Max Martin big sound and going to something that's much more reminiscent of like Red or Speak Now. And it's really her fawning over her lover, over her man. I would fully predict they're going to drop some kind of like grainy wedding ceremony music video. I bet she, that, this is my prediction. I bet the night before the album drops, they drop a video where she is getting married and it's already happened and it's like in a garden or something. This is what I'm, this is what I think is going to happen. And because, yeah, I think, I think the album promo hasn't gone very well thus far. Maybe she wants to get some more attention on this album because Taylor doesn't like to open small. She definitely plays the game, much like I was saying Miranda does. But I think Lover's an excellent track. From the very first, very first lines, we get images of Christmas lights up and we can leave them. We can leave them because it's our apartment. It's our place. She's protecting this little, this little relationship and the home that they have together. And then we get we get all these awesome lines throughout it where uh, the bridge is my favorite part. You get a, a wedding ceremony sort of painted. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand? She says, my heart's been borrowed. Yours has been blue. What a good line. So it's almost like you got the, the keepsakes of the wedding that you need to have there. And then the romance of it. It's going to be a really good first dance at a wedding. And I'm just happy because I feel like Taylor has really needed to move past the reputation narrative of obsessing over her reputation. And on the last two songs we've heard, The Archer and You Need to Calm Down, I'm like, you got to get over this whole thing where how you're perceived by the media is the only thing you can think about. And I say that as the most sensitive person in the world that is obsessed with my image and what people are saying about me and can't get over it if people are mad at me. I get it, Taylor. But I've been like, man, it's kind of helped me understand myself a little bit where I'm like, man, if I'm perceiving Taylor Swift as annoying, then I must really be annoying some other people <laughs> with how much I obsess over my uh, reputation. So anyway, it's just cool to hear her fawning over somebody else and to hear her love struck and bashful. It made me really, really excited to feel like emotionally she's able to move on um, from that narrative. And, and look, it's fun to be a fan of Taylor Swift. If you're one of these people listening, like, why are you talking about her? You know, I think it's fun to, there's so few opportunities that we have to really talk about huge artists and all participate in the same thing together and talk about music. This is how I make friends. This is how I talk. It's how I understand the world. This is my hobby. And there's so few opportunities that we even have anymore for everyone to be talking about the same thing. And so when Taylor Swift drops a record, it's an event. And that means I'm going to be able to talk to my friend that I see at church. It means I'm going to be able to talk to uh, a coworker. You know, when I worked in a restaurant, they're probably going to listen to Taylor Swift too. Even maybe my little sister or even maybe my mom. It's kind of a common thing to talk about. And so I think it's fun to lean in and try and understand why is she as popular as she is. So anyway, I love Lover. What a good song. What a good song. If, if this is a sign of things to come for Taylor, I'm excited. I'm excited. And maybe it's a long road back to pop country music. Or maybe she's just happy in pop. I will always have respect for Taylor, having said, I'm going full-on pop. Uh, but guys, that's it. That's it for me. I'm uh, My windshield for the rest of the day has me editing this, getting it scheduled, responding to messages and then we got a fun week ahead i got a list a top 10 list of my favorite songs by a particular artist that should drop friday hot takes should drop wednesday and then some more videos coming down the pipeline 
And I know I need to work a little bit on creating better Patreon tiers. And I know I need to make update the Spotify playlist. And I need to do a few other things, some housekeeping. But we're getting there. We're getting there. And uh, things are going good. I am still in a great mood at the end of this podcast. And that's awesome. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I can set up some kind of voicemail for you guys to be able to maybe call in or something. But just be patient. Just be patient. (laughs) I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome start to your week. And let's just see what's coming down the pipeline country music-wise in the weeks to come. Okay. Goodbye, my friends. No shade of green could describe Feeling trapped inside her eyes Red lipstick from the blood of all them boys Who failed and tried